Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today's guest is Duke Moore. He is a lover of taxes. I know, Eli, who loves taxes? This guy does. He's from Dallas, Texas. Uh, you can check him out on Instagram or TikTok at Duke Loves Taxes. Uh, go check it out. Uh, but in the meantime, we can listen to him right now. What's going on, Duke? What's up, Leo? That was a killer introduction. I really appreciate that. Yes, I do love taxes. <laughs> All right. Now, you're in a hotel right now. Where, where, where are you at in the country, in the world? So, I'm actually out here in Hawaii. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> so I'm originally from Dallas and then just out here for Hawaii, just, you know, doing some business and uh, shooting some content out here. There it is. I love it. Uh, trying to get those uh, uh, social media numbers up. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> All right, so Duke, man, we we, we got to jump right into it. Who loves taxes? Like, are, were you the kid with the with the little uh, pocket protector and 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 the button up? <laughs> like, suck, kinda. But I've always been. Um, I guess really how I really originally got into taxes is that you know when I was younger, about you know fourteen, fifteen ish, I was doing modeling. So I did modeling for our companies like JC Penney's, Frito Lay, uh, you name it. Um, and then one day, Leo, I got this you know letter in the mail, <laughs> this ten ninety nine letter in the mail that says, "Hey, you know this is how much you get paid. You this is how much you got paid. Now you owe us taxes." So I ended up filing my tax return. And like, I was, I, I was owing like thousands of dollars when I was like 15 at this time. So I was really like slammed with a tax bill, um, you know, when I was really, really young. So it, that's when I kind of started learning about taxes, kind of started uh, really enjoying it. Because uh, they're at H&R Block. They taught me, hey, you know, if you, you know, you can write this off. I'm like, why are you write that off? They're like, yeah, you can write your travel off. You can write this off. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. Um, and so... Really, when I really, you know, started really, really loving taxes is when I started helping others because I, I know what it feels like to be in a situation where, you know, you owe taxes of all, all of a sudden or you're in this financial like, hardship because of taxes and whatnot. So what I try to do is, you know, make taxes very educational, make it very fun and just teaching others. So that's how I really, you know, fell in love with taxes. And for my listeners out there uh, who are like, why are we talking about taxes on the Suicide Prevention Podcast? Because Leo Flowers here has read a number of stories and have heard a number of stories about people who have ended their lives because they owe hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to the IRS. And, and even, not even hundreds of thousands, people who just owe hundreds of dollars because, uh, you know, it, they're already, they were already making only hundreds of dollars and then you know, the IRX, the, the IRX, the IRS, they, they make a mistake, which was what happened in my case. There was three or four months where the IRS uh, garnished all of my wages. Like they went into Ooh. my bank account. They uh, they sent letters to my employers. And so Ooh. I wasn't getting any money, uh, zero income for about three to four months, only to find out that they had made an error. And I could wow. see so many people ending their lives over something like that because up until the point where they discovered the error, you're thinking it's your fault. You're trying to backtrack. Um, you're, you know, you're making all these phone calls, you're going through paperwork. It's really exhausting because 
uh, it feels like it's going to go on forever and you're never going to make money. And the landlord is, is asking you for money. You're, you're mm-hmm. borrowing money from your girlfriend, from your friends. Uh, yeah. it, it really starts to affect your character. Um, and it's humiliating. The fact that they, you know, let your employers know. Um, and so it's not just about the finances. It's the emotional weight that is laid upon you as a result of, uh, you know, owing taxes. And so I want to empower the listeners to know what their rights are, what they can write off, ways in, in which they're probably, um, and ways in which you're probably, uh, you know, uh, losing money uh, because mm-hmm. you're just not aware of what the, what the laws are and ways you can protect yourself. So uh, Duke, I'm, I'm just so happy to have you on and somebody who loves, so how old are you now? You said you were 15 when you, when you saw how much the IRS, uh, how much America doesn't love you. Uh, <laughs> how old are you now? I am now 26 years old. All right. So at 26, yeah. uh, and somebody helping people with taxes, what's the one area people are not taking advantage of in terms of saving money or getting more money back? Uh, one definite area where I see just a lot is really those that who are self-employed or they have a hobby or they do some type of side gig or they have like a small business, whatever it may be, any, any hobby that you're considering turning into, you know, a business, you can turn any hobby into a business, right? All you got to do is just start getting paid from it. So a, a big issue that I see is just those that have hobbies that do stuff like a side gig and they're not, they're not taking advantage of it. Like you are automatically considered a business owner in the eyes of the IRS. And if you're selling products, if you're doing something, a side gig, you're considered a business owner. If, if, especially if your main priority is making income or profit. So that means you can write your write stuff off. You can write your wife, you know, given that it's ordinary and necessary, you can write your wife off. You can write your rent off. You can write the cell phone off. Whatever you use in the course of that trade or business is, is, is generally a write-off. So, you know, I just want to bring that to your attention is especially like, I think starting a business is one of the best decisions you could ever make, like for yourself, for your future and everything. Cause you're just so in control of that income. And it's something that you actually enjoy doing. So I would say like the number one thing I see is like, you know, just really encouraging people to start those businesses and like, Hey, I want you to realize that, Hey, you're a business now. That means we can, we can write stuff off and have some fun. All right. So I, I want to act like nobody knows anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is the difference according to the IRS or laws or government between a hobby and a business? Cause when I think of business, I think of a ton of paperwork that has to be filed and I got to spend a bunch of money up front to be considered a business in the laws of the IRS. Yeah. Great question. So the difference between a hobby and a business is one is pretty much asking for money or getting paid to do it. And the other one is not. So for example, let's say I, I, um, I like making boxes, right? I like making boxes. I like putting little stickers on them. And I, like, I like painting boxes. No, that could be a hobby. That should be something I do on the side, right? I go out there, buy boxes and I, maybe I just keep them and I collect them for myself. Okay, cool. Now let's say I'm, making these boxes leo and then i'm posting them on social media like tiktok or instagram and someone's like hey i like that box and you're like what you like this box and you're like yeah 
And you're like, they're like, how much? You're like, $5. And then you sell that box. And then you have somebody else say, hey, I like that box. And then you sell that box. All of a sudden, when you have this exchange from of your product or service in exchange for money, this is when you start to become a business. So you see that the main thing is like, hey, you are now doing these, you're now making these boxes to produce an income or profit rather than just solely for pleasure for yourself. So that's when you kind of have that switch of, hey, you know, you're a business. And another thing is like, there's not, I mean, you don't have to have like an LLC to be considered a business. You don't have to have an LLC at all. As long as you have that motive of you're producing the income or profit, that's how you really turn that hobby into a business. Okay, so let's, let's walk it through. You, mm -hmm. You're doing something for fun. You're making boxes, mm -hmm. you're painting boxes, you put a sticker on there. And then all of a sudden on social media, you're, you sold like three or four or, or 10 boxes. Maybe, maybe not even social media. Maybe you sold them to your neighbors. Maybe you sold them at a farmer's market. So now you're in a process of uh, creating a business. What's the next step in, in terms of, is, there, is, that, is that all there is to it to say, I have a business? What's all this incorporation, LLC? Do they have to go through all that? Or what's the next step? So really, the, the, the first, the next step is, is it, is it continuous? Is this just a one-time thing or is this something you, you're going to continue? If you decide that it's going to be continuous, then yeah, it's going to be continue, continuous in regularity. Then the next step um, is, hey, you know, see if you have to collect any type of sales tax or Get started with bookkeeping. Start tracking your income and expenses. This is the number one thing that um, a lot of people miss out um, when they're first getting started is that they fail to just track those income and expenses, which is super important because your expenses, otherwise known as your write-offs, is really important. Now, as far as um, getting started with an LLC, typically that's up to you. Um, an LLC, the main reason why people form LLCs is for personal liability protection. That, that I mean, that's it. So if, so if you do something wrong in your business, they cannot come after your personal assets. So in some states like California, um, it's $800. It's a, year, it's a yearly expense of $800 just to form an LLC. So you, will, you really want to look into if, it, if it's in your budget to form an LLC or not. But... I don't like to try to get people hung up on the LLC factor. The main thing I like to just tell people is just to get started. Just, just get started. Just start doing it. Get started with your bookkeeping, you know, sell those products, you know, and then, you know, if we start to see you, the business is growing, then yeah, it may make sense to jump in LLC, LLC. But the main thing is just, you know, to get started, get customers. That's probably like the most important thing. All right. And then in terms of tracking your expenses and your, your income, um, how do you, um, are you drinking something? Cause we could, we could, it, it, the mic picks all that stuff up. Oh, um, no, I'm not drinking. Oh, the, uh, in terms of, uh, your tracking that stuff, your income and your expenses, what's the best way to do that? Are there specific apps or is there, what's the best way to, to do the bookkeeping? Cause I know that's a struggle for a lot of people too. They just save all the receipts and then figure it out at the end of the year. What's your method for that? 
So I strongly recommend QuickBooks. That's probably the easiest way uh, to track those income and expenses is definitely get started with a software like QuickBooks. So we're using, so let's start it over. So we got a hobby uh, mm-hmm. where we're just making something for fun or doing something for fun. And then we decide to start selling it. So now there's a transaction and it's that, trans, that financial transaction component that automatically uh, leads us into a business. And then if it's a continuous transaction, it's not just a one-off, like I just did something on a Saturday at a, at a bake sale, right. but this is continuous. But now I want to track my expenses and, and track what I'm making. And then at the end of the year, I can uh, start deducting certain things, my different expenses, like, you know, part of the rent or car and stuff like that from my, uh, my, from my taxes, from my income. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now, I remember when I, because, you know, when I, as a stand-up comedian, that's how I started. Um, that was my first business, stand-up comedy. And I remember the first two or three years, uh, it, was, it was a business, but I wasn't generating profit. I was losing money for the first two or three years because, uh, you know, I'm not a name. So any travel, any hotel, I'm paying out of pocket. So there'd be years where maybe I made, um, you know, 15,000, but I spent 20,000 or I made, you know, 10,000, but I spent 12,000 and I was able to write that off because I, you know, I claim myself as a business, even though I wasn't showing profit. And then I remember my H&R Block guys, you were talking about saying, it's not until the third or fourth year that um, I really have to start showing a profit in order to continue to take advantage of the tax deductions. Is that still the case today? Because that was 20 years ago. Yeah, that is still the case today. That's called that hobby loss uh, rules. So, yeah. So can you tell me more about the hobby loss rules just to, to clarify for the listeners out there? Yeah. So for the hobby loss rules, you have to show um, an income within the first three, the year, three years, three of the five years of you operating your business. If you fail to do that, let's say you're operating at a loss, 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 then the IRS is saying, hey, dude, this is not in a business. This is more of a hobby than an actual business. And then they'll classify your they which which the, the thing about a hobby. Okay, so the main thing difference between a hobby and a business is with the business you get to write you get to you know take write-offs, you get to write off your expenses and so forth. With the hobby, you you aren't allowed to uh, write those expenses off. So if the IRS comes back and says, "Hey, this was never a business in the first place, and this was just a hobby because you you failed to produce an, a profit," then they'll they'll reclassify your business as a hobby and disallow. All of those write-offs, all those deductions that you've taken in the past, and you know, of course, uh, require you to pay those taxes back. Oh, I didn't know the second part. I'm glad I started making money when I did. <laughs> yeah. Sheesh. So, with that said, say after three years, um, you you know, you're not showing a profit, and the IRS uh, is starting to ask you for money back. Uh, can you then? start uh, another business and then start start the process all over again like say like you know i was a comedian 
and now uh and now my new business is modeling right um Ooh. or selling boxes with stickers on it um then i'd be able to continue to deduct the money i was putting towards that as i'm still paying back the the losses from the past three years so i what i don't know exactly how that would work but i would just you know be very careful and be careful by hey just make sure as long as you're keeping good books as long as you get uh keeping good record keeping and then it you have to prove that that's the only way but as far as hey i i I was unprofitable in this business now i'm switching to another business i don't believe that will disallow you from from starting another business i would just say continue to do it anyways and just don't think of it as, as two businesses to one it's just two separate businesses all right so let's get into what causes was causing people pain and despair you know uh, in my situation where my taxes were garnished uh my wages were garnished for about three to four months uh they made a mistake on their end and and it mm-hmm. took them that long to to figure it out but in the meantime i'm losing money for anybody who's being audited currently what rights do they have how can they protect themselves what do they need to know so every taxpayer has a right to representation so even so if you can't let's say work with the IRS directly yourself you could get a free consultation from someone like an enrolled agent or a cpa or if you for or even a tax attorney just get a free consultation you know they they all do consultations for free also, you have um, the right to, you know, the taxpayer advocate for, for whatever reason. If you cannot reach to the IRS, try the uh, taxpayer advocate. There are so in the IRS. I know it seems like they're a big, bad, scary person, but there are very, very, very lenient people. Especially if you know you owe the taxes, and for whatever reason you cannot pay those taxes, there are so many, you know, payment plans or there's. Um, something called an offer and compromise, which you know reduces the amount of taxes that you actually owe. The most important thing is just don't ignore it, because even if the like you said, even if the IRS is making a mistake, or, hey, you can catch on to this mistake. But the number one thing is probably just don't ignore it. Uh, speak to the IRS, get, get help if you need help. Um, reach out to the taxpayer advocate if you also you know can't reach the IRS directly. You know, and, and that's one of the things that I changed. You're so right about don't ignore it, that being the biggest thing, because in the beginning I was ignoring it and, mm-hmm. you know, it was just piling up, piling up. Uh, this is actually like over a series of years where the um, uh, situation was, was draining me, but it, it was just over a series of months where they started uh, garnishing my wages. And one of the things I found, and I, I owed so much money on different credit cards and different billing agencies, and I was ignoring their phone calls. And you're right. Once I started picking up the phone and actually started talking to them and letting them know what my situation was, they were all very lenient from hospital bills to credit card to school loans to the IRS. They all want to work with you because there's millions of people who they're trying to get money from and who aren't paying. And and so what you owe is is a drop in the bucket of what they're trying to get. And if they get anything, they'll be so grateful because uh, although they come off like the big bad wolf, they do understand that people lose their jobs, they get injured, uh, they're going through a divorce, et cetera, et cetera. 
and so they were they were more I remember in some cases they cut what I owed in like into like 50 percent you know mm-hmm. uh, and, yep. and those payment plans I remember my school loans they they, they got it down to like five dollars a month um <laughs> wow. it's, yeah <laughs> so it, it it really is about taking the time to talk to them uh versus trying to avoid them i mean it's like anything else in life if you, if we avoid it if we ignore it it's only going to grow and fester right so besides that you said the tax advocate um uh taxpayer advocate you said a uh, free consultation from tax attorneys and then you mentioned two other options what were those um either an enrolled agent which is the one i recommend or a uh cpa uh, you said, in, so what's the difference between a CPA and an enrolled agent? Right, a good question. So an enrolled agent is an individual who works directly on the IRS on your behalf. So they, enrolled agent is just, the best way I can put it is, is just, for the most part, is just strictly taxes and representation for their clients before the IRS. Now, that's what they specialize in. A CPA can also do the same thing, but CPAs, so not, not every CPA does taxes. Others, you know, we have CPAs that are accountants. So this means that these are people who are responsible for reports and um, providing reports. Uh, then you have, you know, public, you have private CPAs. And you, then you do have CPAs that do taxes. So when you, when you think CPA, just think you, there is, a lot of services you can get with from a CPA. So you want to find a specialized CPA that specialized in taxes. Now with an enrolled agent, you have that person that just specializes strictly in taxes. Got it. And then I was looking at your website, Duke, it, what is it? It's duketax.online, correct? Yes, correct. So you, you had something up about children and, um, and how, the, the the tax laws are affecting people who have children. Can you speak to that? Yeah. So, um, are you are we talking about the child tax credit? I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about yeah the, the child, child the child tax credit. Yeah. So yeah, excellent question. So starting in, so here's what's what's going on. So with the new child tax credit, it's giving parents that have kids ages zero through five three hundred dollars a month. And kids age six through seventeen, two hundred and fifty dollars per month. So this is a new, this is a new, this is a, a boost in the previous child tax credit. And the whole purpose of this new child tax credit, or the purpose of this new boosted child tax credit, is to reduce child poverty. So the first payments already went out, starting on July fifteenth. So they'll be on July fifteenth, um, August thirteenth. So they're the 15th of every month, unless the 15th falls on the weekend or holiday, and that's on August. So that's why you live August 13th, September 15th, October 15th, uh, November 15th, and December 15th. And after, after December 15th, they completely end. So a lot of parents are, you know, starting to get this money, which is so cool. And there's already reports out uh, how our, our property is, is going completely down, especially child property. There's reports out that um, our economy is way higher than it was before COVID even happened. So this is what that new, this is one of the reasons what the new child tax credit is to help boost our economy, to reduce child poverty, um, 
overall. So which is a nice little thing because typically uh, the child tax credit, you only receive it when you file your tax returns at the end of the year. So most parents won't even see this money. Typically, in most cases, wouldn't even see the money until 2022. But instead of waiting to receive the money in 2022, they have the option of now receiving half of that money in 2021 and the other half in 2022. If they, if they don't want the money in 2021, let's say they, they want the whole credit uh, like they normally do, they have the option of opting out and receiving that entire credit in 2022. So this is a brand new thing and it seems to be working very well. I love that. For all the people out there who have kids, definitely take advantage and talk to your tax people about that. I want to backtrack a little bit to the the business part in terms of, of write-offs. Um, and I have, I have two questions. One is, once you go from a hobby to a business, does it behoove you to immediately get a business credit card or open up a business bank account? And then the second question is, uh, can you talk to us? And I don't know if this is in your realm, but in terms of government grants for people who have a business, uh, like, or the best type of business to start? Yeah, so as far as, so as soon as you realize that, you know, the hobby is, you know, a business, 100% uh, get a, a business bank account. At the bare minimum, get a separate bank account. You just want to keep, you want to keep your personal, your personal finances separate from this new business. So if you can, if you know this is a business, you got a name, you got the, you can get what's called a DBA, what's called a doing business ask. You can also get um, an EIN. You can get that for free. So you'll need those two things, a DBA and an EIN. You can get the EIN from uh, the IRS website completely free by going to irs.gov forward slash EIN. There are a lot of companies. I want to say this. There are a lot of companies out there. If you type in like get an EIN, you'll see ads come up. And these are companies trying to charge you $100, $250 to get an EIN. It's a scam. Just make sure you go into the irs.gov. It has to say .gov forward slash EIN and get that EIN DBA and then open up that business bank account. If you can't get business credit, uh, go ahead. I just, I wouldn't recommend it until you know, uh, like, Hey, you know, this, this is the real deal because the last thing I want you I want you to do is mess up your credit and credit is extremely important. So get established first in the business. Once you feel like, okay, you know what, this is the real deal. Okay. Then we can start looking at uh, business credit. As far as grants for small businesses, the SBA is going to be your place. Uh, there, there are always new grants. There's always, you can even like just probably Google like grants near you. Um, but there's, there's always new grants going on, but the SBA.gov is going to be a place for information for our grants for small business owners. I, I love that. So DBA is doing business as right. And mm -hmm. you can, you can set that up for free. You can just create your own DBA. You don't have to pay for anything. And then the EIN is also free. Yeah. So the DBA, so that's a great question. So the DBA, uh, it, you, you're probably going to have to pay for that. And it's just, it's, it's not, it's, it's not that like instead of Texas, like $25. Um, but you have to do that with your county. So that's what a DBA is. So when you start your business, when you start your, your business needs a name. So instead of doing business, let's say, let's say we're talking about Leo flowers. So Leo flowers starts a business. Well, Leo flowers needs to, um, have a business name. So instead of doing business as Leo Flowers, you say, hey, I'm doing business as, you know, box. We're talking about boxes. 
So you get just you get that DBA to just separate your personal name and have that business name. So this is kind of like that first step. Just get that DBA, um, name it how you want to register with your county, and then uh, that's that's going to be a, a small fee. And then um, and then get that EIN, and then get that uh, business bank account. So when you're first starting out a business, you have two options. You can go, you get a DBA, you get an LLC. The DBA is going to be the easiest option, straight to the point. LLC is going to be um, a little bit more expensive, but it, it's all up to you. So it's, I, I, I would hate to say, hey, get a DBA, get an LLC. You really have to do your due diligence to see which one uh, makes more sense. But if you want my strong opinions, like, hey, start out with the DBA. If you think this is legit, you want to continue, you can always hop into an LLC uh, later on. I love that. And, and, and just to re-clarify for the listeners, so we have a hobby and then all of a sudden we're making money off our hobby. So now we have a business. So now we want to name our business. So that's the DBA, um, mm-hmm. you know, doing business as, uh, you know, Boxes Incorporated. And then once you decide on the name and you get the DBA, which is going to cost you a few dollars, um, then you want to get the EIN, which is, now what does EIN stand for? So EIN stands for Employer Identification Number. It's very, so it's very similar to your social security number. So when you have a business, I wanted you to think of it as your baby. It's, it's, it's essentially your baby. You, take, you, got, you give your baby a name, okay? You give your baby a name by giving it a DBA. That's how you give the baby a name. You got to get the baby a social security number, which is called an employer identification number. You got to get the baby a bank account. You can do that. Um, good. I don't know if baby's actually need a bank account, but you guys get what I'm saying. But it, it, you want to treat it like it's a, it's a separate individual, separate human being. So you got to get, have a name, social security number, and that bank account. And so, and so you're saying to set up the DBA, the EIN, separate business bank account so that you can keep your expenses and uh, separate from your personal expenses and that makes it easier come tax time. Are there other advantages to setting up that DBA and having that separate account in the EIN number? As far as organization, that's what's really important. So you want organization, you want cleanliness, you want just um, things separate. It's gonna get you in a good habit of keeping everything separate because once you do start decide to jump into an LLC, it is a requirement that you have everything separate. Because if you don't, you'll run into this term called piercing the corporate veil. You never want to do that. So piercing the corporate veil is when you have personal expenses and business expenses coming out the same account. So it's just it's just a good idea to just keep all of that separate. For one, you're building the habits of a good business owner. You have organization, you have and you have cleanliness. And it'll help you during tax times when it comes to organizing organizing your um arranging your income and expenses. Yeah, Biggie Small said keep your business and personal completely separated. We ain't even know he yeah. was talking about taxes. I, I thought he was just like don't work with your girl, you know. No, yeah, it's facts right there. So uh, are there, is there anything else in terms of tax write-offs that people aren't aware of, like writing off paper, pens, uh, education? How does education come into the tax write-offs? Yeah, so if you have education as far as, you know, let's say you have to, um, let's say you have to take a course or you have to take some online course, some online certification, 
uh, that is involved in your course to trade a business, yeah, you can write that off too. So education is, is a great write-off uh, when it comes to that as well. There's, there's so many things out there. Um, one, I do want people to be uh, aware of, it's called the Self-Employed Sick and Family Leave Tax Credit. So this tax credit is a fairly new tax credit for um, 2021. Uh, in 2020, it was in 2020, it was in 2020 and 2021. And so pretty much what this tax credit says is that, hey, if you miss any type of work because of COVID and you had to, you know, watch one of your kids because their school shut down, you're entitled to some tax credits. So this is called the Self-Employed Sick and Family Lead Tax Credit. Another tax credit that's, that's new for tax year uh, 2021 is meals are 100% deductible, where in the past there were only 50% deductible. So there's a lot of new things that, there's a lot of new tax credits that came out um, because of COVID. Wow. Now, so for someone, yeah, I know earlier we talked about, you know, if you're being audited, you know, by the big bad wolf, you know, you want to look at getting a free consultation from a tax attorney, taxpayer advocates. Uh, and an, an, uh, an enrolled agent, CPA, for somebody who is in the, in the middle of losing their house literally to the IRS, there's a, there's a lane. Is there anything else that they can do to fight this big bad wolf? Yeah, so there's, if, you're, if you're in a process, um, let's say you, you, you're, about to lose, you're about to lose your house tomorrow to a federal um, tax levy, or, or tax lien, they're about to take it. You want to contact an enrolled agent who specializes in the IRS representation as soon as possible. There are certain things, there are certain forms, there are certain things that they can say to possibly stop that from happening. So if you know you're in that situation, con and I'm going to just say a contact an enrolled agent that specializes in IRS representation as soon as possible because there's so, so many things that they can do uh, to protect you and stop that. I love it. Now, how come billionaires ain't paying what they owe? What are they, what are they doing that, that us, us peasantry aren't doing? And so they have some, they do, they invest in something called a tax planning. Tax planning is super important. It's one of my favorite things to do with business owners. Um, what tax planning essentially does is, it's, it's pretty much, the best way I can put it, is pretty much, you know, how our taxes are due in April, uh, typically of the following year? Yes. Um, typically what tax planning does is like, okay, let's say, let's go ahead and file the tax return, let's say today. We're going to, let's prepare, let's, let's file the tax return today. We're not actually going to file, let's prepare it today. And to, let's see what it would possibly look like in April. So you prepare the tax return and you say, if we, if we were to keep all things constant, this is going to happen in April. And you're like, oh, snap. So you can make decisions from now because the tax season ends in December, right? So right now we're in August. So we, still, we can still make decisions from August to December to reduce that tax liability. So, hey, maybe we can go buy, maybe we can go buy a G-Wagon and let's write that off to reduce our tax liability. Um, Greg Cardone was just talking about, hey, he's going to buy a private jet uh, to reduce his tax liability. But the thing that, that these billionaires and that they do is they do proactive planning where everyone else just 
not everyone else, but most people just, you know, kind of just prepare their tax return. But you want to look at, you should be looking at your taxes every single day to see, hey, this is what I may owe. And this is what I need to do if I don't want to owe that. And it's a service called tax planning. All right. So you definitely would need some help with somebody who's familiar with taxes, because I'm sure like the average person, uh, you know, who barely has uh, maybe a thousand or two saved in their account uh, is going to be tough for them to do that uh, pre-tax planning. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you have to work with a tax professional that uh, specializes in tax planning, which is typically like certified tax coaches, certified tax specialists. So, yeah, once you start, and so once you start having tax problems, you find a person who specializes in that. So typically you want to look at tax planning where you're just tired of paying taxes and billionaires, billionaires get away with it very, very well because they have really, really good tax planning. Okay. So what, what's a, is there a book out there? Or are there a couple books that people can read to really inform themselves? Um, Yeah. I can't think off the top of my head. I would have to look it up. But taxes made, I believe one is taxes made simple. Uh, that is a really good one. There's a couple good ones by my favorite author, which is Mark J. Cooler. Um, it's, it's a little, little bit more for geared towards business owners. Uh, that would help as well. So Mark J. Cooler, look at some of his books. It's probably one of the number one person I love to learn from. And then taxes made, taxes made simple. All right, taxes made made simple, and then Mark J. Cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is there anything that we haven't discussed that people need to know uh, in terms of taxes, and and really for that person who is just they're about to lose their house, uh, they're being you know foreclosed on, the the IRS has went into their retirement account, freezing their wages, taking their vacation home, uh, humili- humiliating them in front of people. Is there anything? that we have not discussed that could help that person out? Uh, we, I know we covered most of it, but just to, like to reiterate, it's just don't be afraid to reach out for help with anything. That's probably one of the most important things because there is just so much that's you know out there. There's so much help for you that could just help like all the way around. And I just want to say this again, is the number one thing is just don't ignore it. That's probably the worst mistake that you you can make is just ignoring that um whatever the irs is doing just don't be afraid to ask for help there are plenty of businesses and services that offer free consultations so just talk to somebody and then i have two last questions one is i imagine there's someone married um you know for couples and you know maybe the husband owes all this money and now you know it's affecting uh the wife is there something different that they could do to protect each other or the, you know if the if they're coming after the husband and then all you know they mm-hmm. start coming after the wife is it something that he could do to protect his wife or or vice yeah, versa so there's there's certain strategies you can do like maybe like if maybe in a situation where you want to do like married file separately or you may want to do a spouse spousal relief so there's different strategies um that you want to consider uh, but that's probably another situation where you want to consult with a tax professional to see which one uh, best does that. But yeah, there's, there's, there's options. Love it. And then last question, because I always imagine there's one person listening in who may be on the precipice of wanting to end their life. And I know that your specialty is taxes, is not mm-hmm. mental health. But uh, what would you say to them? 
so just the number one thing I would say is just to never give up. Uh, there is definitely a light at the end, the end of the tunnel. And it's just, it's, it's one day at a time. I've been there. I've been there. I've had the suicidal thoughts. I've tried like seven times. And I'm just so glad that each attempt was a failure on my end. I'm very happy where I'm at today. I want to change it for the world. So just, you know, just please don't. It is just, it's, it's tough, but it's just one day at a time. Just one day at a time. All it takes is patience. It's just one day at a time. And I promise you there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You will get there. And at the end of the day, I believe each, like what you go through, it's not really important like what happened. It's really how you feel. Because we can all experience different things and people can be like, oh my gosh, you went through that, that's nothing. And you went through that, that's nothing. We can all see and compare, but at the end of the day, it's how you feel. If we all feel the same, I believe that's what's important. And we you know if we all feel the same, we all have to, you know, take the same, you know, words, same advice to just, hey, just take it one day at a time. Um, there's, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Uh, and what anchored you back? Like when you, you said the light at the end of the tunnel, what, uh, when you look at like, what, what's keeping you here, what's anchoring you, what's grounding you, what, what would those things be? Helping other people. Uh, I believe the fact that I'm just able to help other people, which genuinely makes me extremely happy. Um, the fact that there's a lot of people who look up to me also makes me happy. And it's just, I don't know. It's just life is just a lot better right now. I think that's just my really anchor. It's like, I feel like I figured out my why and my purpose. And, you know, it's just to help other people. And that's what I really enjoy. I love it. Being of service. Thank you so much, Duke, for taking this time to share with our listeners. Remember, you can check Duke on social media at Duke Loves Taxes on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, you go to his website, duketax.online. Um, and thank you all listeners for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help for you calling the 1-800-SUICIDE or 1-800-273-TALK or, you know, calling the licensed tax professional uh, or a CPA, somebody to help you with your taxes. Um, all those numbers are listed in all of the show notes, even the international hotlines. You can talk, you can chat, you can text. Whatever your mode of communication is, it is available to you no matter where you are in the world. Uh, so please reach out. But you do have to make that phone call. It's just like taxes. Uh, you can't ignore the pain and expect it to go away. We can't do it ourselves. We need someone in our corner. So please pick up the phone. Call. The fact that you're listening in tells me you're a fighter and you want to be here and you're looking for the light. Thank you so much, Duke, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much.